This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My name is Podrick and welcome to The Voice Note, the podcast where I ask and answer some very difficult questions, divulge over your responses and have an absolute scream along the way. Hello my friends and welcome to episode, what are we, 11? <laughs> welcome to episode 11 of The Voice Note. I hope you're all keeping stunning as always. Well, it's a big week here for me because I'm packing my bags, I'm leaving on a jet plane and I'm booting over to Liverpool next week. The time has come. The time has come for the special of all specials. It's The Voice Note Eurovision special. Now I, I promised you... That we'd have one. I don't know if anyone wants to listen to what I have to say. But listen. Listen, Linda. Are we going to get into it? I know I've been harping on with your revenge for the last couple of weeks. It's just the build-up. Everything is just electric to me. And I absolutely can't wait to actually go to the Eurovision for the first time ever. This is what I'm assuming it must be like for someone who loves soccer to go to the World Cup final. Like, that's how big it is for me. Now, I don't have tickets for it. But I'm going to be in the Eurovision Village. So if anyone's going, make sure you find me. Because we're going to have an absolute scream of a weekend. I'm heading over with a few of the gals on Friday. Going to take it nice and handy. So we're ready to rock and roll on the Saturday. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with the Eurovision. I just love it. It's high camp theatrics. And we all know that I'm weak for high camp theatrics. But I do remember the first time that I ever saw it, right? Take yourselves back to, I'd say, early 2000s. I'm on holidays in West Cork with my parents. Children are allowed to be in the pub until death do them part. It's this May weekend that we're down there and my parents have a place in West Cork and we go to the pub and we're all there and as usual, I get the, the bottle of Coke and a packet of potato. I get a couple of euro to play on the slot machine and eventually that runs out. So I'm itching at my parents to be like, can we go back, can we go home, can we go now, whatever. And they're like, no, five more minutes and one more drink. And I'm like, yeah, grand. So I'm booting around, doing my tootie booty bits. And then on the screen, I see this extravaganza eleganza is all I could describe. It was lights. It was pyrotechnics. It was camp. It was 
It was singing. It was acting. It was it was everything that I was on the inside. I just didn't know I was on the outside at that point in time. It was quintessentially gay. And I was sliving. So it came to the point where my parents were like, right, it's time to go. And I was like, oh no, we're going nowhere. You better sit down there. We're only over as far as Slovenia. We've got six more countries yet to deliver their votes. Now my mom and dad were weak, obviously. They got another point out of it. And I got to finish it. And from then on in, I was hooked. And I remember asking them, being like, what was that? And they were like, that's the Eurovision. You're like, you know what the Eurovision is. And I was like, mm, I did know, but I didn't actually. It was the first time that I was engrossed in it. And then as I grew up, I used to watch it every single year. And it was something. And I've spoken about my love with my nan before. And like how we used to spend loads of time together. And I used to chill in her house at the weekends. And she'd look after me if my parents were away. And it became this tradition on Eurovision night that I would stay in my nan's. And we would watch it together. My nan was like really musical. And I was when I was younger too. And it was something that we really shared together and we loved doing. And she was as critical as I was. We were we were the harshest critics in Europe. But we loved it. We used to rate them out of 10. We used to give our top 10. We used to predict our winners. We used to give them all our points. We did all of the stuff that you would do at a Eurovision party before I even knew what a Eurovision party was. So there's always this nostalgia involved in, in Eurovision for me as well. So before I even knew that I was a gaggling gay... It was like, you know, something really wholesome and uh, comforting, I suppose. And as I grew up, I never missed it. Like, I did not. We used to do loads of shows when I was younger. Um, and I was part of a stage school. And our end of year show would always be in May. But it was always a week or two after Eurovision. And I used to pull the same stunt every year. Where on the, like, Monday before the Eurovision, i get, like, a tweak in my back. I'd be like, oh tweaking my back there and then the Tuesday I'd be fine I'd catch up on the semi-final right the Wednesday I'd be booting again the Thursday I might be up oh, you know what my back isn't great I'm going to take some time out that would usually be the semi-final that we were in and then Friday would roll around I'd head to rehearsals and then Saturday would come and I would be on bed rest I would not darken the door of the studio for fear that I wouldn't be able to perform the following week but conveniently, it would be the same night as Eurovision and I'd be at home absolutely debt-dropping to some gay Euro bops. As I got older and I realised that I was the gay that I am today, well, then it became even more of a celebration. And then, funnily enough, half my friendship group were gay and all obsessed with the Eurovision. So it was always a thing. From the time that I was a child at home with my family to the time that I was gay enough to go out and party and enjoy the experience... It was always this massive big deal that I always look forward to. So I think that's why, this is my justification by the way, I think that's why it is my mastermind subject. I know an insane amount about it. Now I know I don't know as much as other people, but I do know a weird amount. I've tried for tickets in the past. I've never been that successful. It's not as easy to get to Azerbaijan as it is to get to Liverpool. So it would be certainly rude of me not to go this year. And I cannot explain my excitement i'm going to be insufferable on instagram that weekend listen to me now i'm bringing back the lives if you've been a long time follower of me 
you will know that I've been partial to Alive in the past. But I've tried to clean up the act, I suppose, just because they were absolutely chaos and the fear the next day was never worth it. But I'm telling you now, I'm going to be spending the whole of Eurovision weekend live from Liverpool. You heard it here first, I'm going to be live from Liverpool, so join me on my journey. But I have to say, despite loving it, I'm anything but proud of our efforts. We once spent years in a row on top of the leaderboard. In fact, we have the most wins in the history of Eurovision, but it's all gone a bit to shit, hasn't it? Full disclosure, I think last year we were done dirty. We had my gal, Brooke Scullion, who was an incredible representation for our country. She had a banger of a bop. She put in a massive graft and her performance was insane. Now she didn't get through, but that doesn't matter because she gave a performance that we could be proud of. That song is still constantly coming up on my playlist to play because I just absolutely love it. And that's what you want from a Eurovision song. It's not all about the winning. Sometimes it's about taking part, but less turkeys and more Brooks Scullions in the future. Now, I couldn't have a Eurovision special without a Eurovision expert joining me. And this week, I am joined by Miss Eurovision herself. We're discussing when it was good, when it all went wrong, and there's even a comment or two about her feud with Twink. This is the scathing expose on Eurovision that nobody asked for, but you're getting served on a platter. Buckle up and listen to the voice note. This week's guest is famed for achieving what has been deemed almost unachievable, well in Ireland anyway, for over 25 years. She's a pop icon, a music mogul, she's mother to the gays, and she's Irish Eurovision royalty. It's Miss Linda Martin. Linda, welcome to The Voice Note. Thank you. But you're Jesus, most, that was some intro. You're, you're you, more were you rehearsing that? <laughs> you know what? It didn't take me long to get oh, that right you. now, Linda. I, I I had a couple of weeks ago, I had um a question and answer episode and someone asked who would be one of my ideal guests or my dream guests. And you were one of them. And I can't believe I'm sitting here talking to you today. <laughs> OK, well, that's good. Well, at least you got you got what you wished for anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Super. And I, di- I didn't I didn't expect it at all. So I'm delighted. Thanks again for joining me. How are you keeping? I'm good. I'm actually good. good. I've brightened up because the sun's shining in Dublin today. I know which makes a difference because the weather has been so bad and I'm I'm a mad I'm a passionate gardener and I'm trying to get plants in and all sorts of things and I can't because every time I go out it was raining but today was absolutely brilliant today was it felt like there was a change in the air today wasn't there Yes, and I do hope it stays. Now, you, you are, are you going to Liverpool this year by any chance? I I am. I am. I'm going to Liverpool. This is my first time ever going to the Eurovision. Okay, because I have four concerts there that week. One of the venues is the Yacht Club, Amazing. and one of the venues is the Euro Club. And I'm not the other. The other one is the open air concert with the orchestra. Fabulous! You're you're busy. I'm busy, yeah, but I like that. I want to go to the cavern, though. I don't want to have so so little time. I want to go to the cavern and sing Beatles songs and I do what everybody does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. These are the things that I think that are like totally unique to Liverpool, which will which will hopefully like we'll see in Eurovision too. And I know they have to do both Ukraine and they're gonna they're gonna incorporate as much from the UK as well. But I think they're doing it really well. Do you agree? Yes, 
they are uh, they're throwing everything out like, yeah and series. I think it's nice because I was a little bit concerned that perhaps maybe it would they wouldn't they wouldn't focus enough on the Ukraine but they unfair I have to give credit to the Brits where credit is true they're doing quite well absolutely listen listen um Charles and Camilla were up there today. I saw that turning you, on the, the light. Did you know that? Yeah, for sure. Oh, by God, they're taking it seriously. So hopefully now they're setting the precedent, right? And hopefully Ireland's going to follow by taking yeah. it so, so seriously. But do you know what happens here? It tends to be thrown away a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about your opinion and how we're doing in a minute, right? But first of all, okay. what, what I want to do is I want to cast your mind back slightly, right? So um, you have obviously represented us twice, uh, winning, winning in 1992 for us and, and starting yeah. off what was like an incredible, what seemed like when we were dominating the leaderboard. Now, before I go any further, I have to say I loved... Terminal 3 as well. I love that song. It's such a br brilliant song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, yeah. you had Why Me yeah. as well. A lot of people do. Yeah. yeah, and then, and then, you, so you won with Why Me um, in, in 92. And then for, for a lot of the 90s, we were dominating the leaderboard, leaderboard really, weren't we? Yep, we certainly were. Yeah, absolutely. And we sent the turkey and that finished it. Before we get to where it went wrong, can you just like describe to us what it must have been like in Malmo when you won? It was all my birthdays had come at once. Like seriously, we'd put so much work into, into that week. We had an amazing head of dele delegation who sadly has since passed, but Kevin Lenehan just plumbers the producers, the directors, everybody with bottles of Irish whiskey and lunches <laughs> and uh, smoked salmon and all the sort of goodies, right? So as he yeah. got the shots that he wanted, and that Good. was vitally important because sometimes if you're looking at, 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 at people taking part in Eurovision, you might see a photograph of their back of their head or something like yeah, that, I know. You know, which is not good. So he did all of that. And it really was a tremendous end to a hard week and by Jesus, we played the media. We really did. Now, and I think that's so important. Well, it is so important because it's it's like me talking to you today. Now, if if I'm rude, if I'm rude to you, you're going to tell everybody. Well, she was horrible. But yeah, if totally. I'm nice to you, you're going to say, "Now you got to watch for her because she she was actually very She's nice." So it does work. It works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that anyway. Ah, well, I I I'd argue that one. It was wonderful, and I and I think that I I do think that that's something that we struggled with uh, in in more recent years. I think Brooke Scullion did the media very well last year. She in did. Fairness to her, she did absolutely. Um, and look, because because she's you know like we we so, we seen her doing interviews and even walking down the street, you know, doing in, uh, random gigs and stuff. And I think that that proved really well. And even though we didn't get the result with Brooke that I think that she deserved, I think she left a bit of a legacy on, on the competition and also did really well in like, you know, igniting a bit of a fire in this country because because we haven't been doing so well, I think we've kind of lost interest a little bit. Yeah, well, we sent the turkey. I keep going back on that. We were winning every, every year. Do you think so? And then suddenly we sent the turkey and the, the Europeans, because I still work in Europe, right? And their attitude was, oh, you think you can win every year and now you send a turkey, you think that will win as well? And of course it wasn't what we were thinking, we were hoping, but it didn't work. But it was almost like um, we were sort of giving them the fingers, you know, bugger off because we're yeah. ruling the world. And it went against yeah. us. It really did. Do you do you think that was the start of what was like a slippery slope yeah. for us, or where where it started going wrong? Absolutely. And then I I think our our main songwriters 
sort of took a step back mm-hmm. and we yeah. we were finding it a little bit difficult to find experienced performers now and that's 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 the key word i'm using experience because that's a big stage the eurovision thing is huge and if you haven't got experience under your belt you may as well not go because you will bottle totally like it's a it's a global stage isn't it, it really, really like- is it really is and you know something i was reading something today uh, it was about slovenia and the act for Eurovision from Slovenia this year, you probably know all this anyway, but they held a special, they are absolute superstars in that part of the world. And they held a special concert to say thank you to their fans. And like there was a couple of hundred thousand people turned up. Now we couldn't do that. I can imagine we might have two people who would turn up, you know, it, it's just, yeah. it's a different ball game because they take it very seriously. Now I do realize I do realize Parig is a bigger country than ours. They have probably more money than us. But at the same time, we have got to send our stars. So we've done it before. We yes. could still do it, you know, at a, at a time where I suppose in the 90s, we weren't as probably rich as we are now. And like, I suppose if you compare it to the likes of Sweden who do Melfest and like yes. see that massive competition that they do, like there is no comparison and it's no wonder that they, they do so well. Yeah, but we, I've said before, and I've said it to the people in RTE, why don't we do that? There's plenty of venues that we could hire. I was going to ask, do you have any input or any influence on like the selection process nowadays? No, no, no. Like what a shame. I have judged a couple of the, uh, the time, you know, the way they get three or 400 songs in every year. Of course. Yeah. And on the song selection, but apart from that, no, not really. You were the brains behind Jedward though, going to Eurovision. Am I right? Well, I, I was their uh, mentor for the week. Louis Walsh was actually their manager, you say. And Louis managed me for years and years and years. I do remember you you playing like a significant role in them going over there. And, and like, to be fair, it's probably one of the better results that we've had yeah. in a long time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that, with that the year I was with them, we went to Baku and there were people in Baku following them around the streets. It was like a parade. It was like the Pied Piper. It was an incredible because they just cause uproar in the nicest possible way whenever wherever they go. Do you think there's room for them to do it again? Um, well, of course, there's room for anybody to do it again, but I don't think it would be a good idea. Now, being serious, I really don't. Can I ask you a, a serious question? Now? All right, go on. Right. You were verbally abused that night on the late late by Billy McGuinness. Oh. I just I just want to know. Has he apologised to you properly? Well, he he may have done. I don't know. And I'm not interested either. <laughs> yeah, I no, don't blame you. you. I don't blame no, you. No, you, you know. You absolutely wiped the floor with him and deservedly so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, for a long time after that, I was working in Europe. And of course, the, the Eurovision fans can see everything on, on RTE, whatever you call it. Uh, and they were saying to me, say gobside. And I... <laughs> <laughs> And I had to say, God, child. And then they'd be roaring, laugh. Oh my God, it was mental. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was gobshite and you, you odious little man, which I think yeah, is yeah. one of the best one-liners ever. Yeah, and in other words, never ever accuse people of trying to cheat and bribe, which is no. what he was doing. And we nothing to do with those contestants. Nothing. Besides all that, it was still a success for us as as an act. So yeah. I think you were definitely in the right there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you, so you maintain that um, from Dustin, it started going downhill from there because basically we we, we kind of we're seen to be a bit of a mockery, mm. right? Yeah. How do we how do we pull it back? You're you're an expert. You've been there. You've won it. You're involved. You're you, you're all across Europe. Uh, what can we do? Well, we got to get we got to get the serious songwriters back out again. And by God, we have them: Brendan Graham, Jimmy McCarthy, Johnny Logan. That's only three. Um. Uh, the three that I'm there's coming to my mind anyway, but we've got to do that. But we've got yeah. to nurture the singers coming through, or the artists, or the bands, whatever you call them. And I'm not just I'm not just talking about rock bands or anything like that. I'm talking about ordinary pop singers, yeah, pop bands. We've got to nurture them. In other words, give them a space on the late late. And in my day, you had um, variety shows in theatres. There were variety shows on RTE. Gayburn was always very, very kind to newcomers. And there was Tops of the Town. Never forget Tops of the Town. You know, and it gave people a platform. A platform. They could be seen. They could get a little bit of experience. And then they moved on and upwards. We have got to do that again. Celebrating our own Irish, really. Because I think that Irish music is very good. And it could do very well if it was given the right song. Yes, absolutely. We've got, we've, we do have the talent here. There's no question about that. But that talent has to be moulded. Are you with me? Moulded. It's no yeah. good just having a good voice. You've got to have all the pieces of the jigsaw put in place. Good voice, good appearance, a uh, bit of personality, everything. It all has to be brought in. On that note, is there? Have you listened to this year's entry? And and what do you think? What do you well, think? Well, it? I I only heard it the night that they won. Yeah, it it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that itch to make you want to listen to it again. No, but I have. I, I the only other ones I've heard so far are uh, Sweden and the UK. And again, it was once each. I just flicked through them. And any anything anything jump out at you? No, no, no. Okay, no. So, uh, the UK is okay until she goes into the rap, and then. Rap never did anyway well in, in Eurovision. And of course, you've got Lorene then, who's already won for, for Sweden, representing yes. them again. I think she's gained a lot of traction and her song is quite good. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we saw Sweden, unfortunately, beating us, or matching us, I should say, uh, to to a record holder this year. Yeah, we don't want that. No, we definitely don't want that. No. No, we don't want... See, the thing about it is, is I, I loved the song until I realised... <laughs> that she was probably going to, to to match her to to match us, and I was like, I couldn't do no, that. No, 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 no. But you know, the, the, this year, this year's crowd that we're sending wild youth—they're young, they're good-looking boys. They've a good they attitude, are. and they're doing they're the media—they're doing the media very well. Yeah, and they look like 
all the Eurovision acts, their clothes I'm talking about, they look like they should blend in. And that's always good because you don't want just a shirt, a shirt and tie and a suit. You know, it has to be much more than that. Without a doubt. And I think, look, it's is it the best song? Probably not. I've no, I know Wild Youth's music and I think yeah. that they, they, they probably have better songs, but I think they're a great representation of our country too. So I don't think we should be ashamed of them at all. Oh, not at all. No, under no circumstances. But for, for them, Win, lose or draw, it's an amazing platform. Where else can you perform and 300 million people look at you? Yeah, and good for them because they deserve it too, especially when they're working working so hard. Um, you, you mentioned Johnny Logan and stuff there. Would you still be in touch with him? Absolutely. See a lot of them. Go away. And would he yeah. be interested in getting involved with like the likes of... You know, writing more songs and and you know, you know, is is he still as passionate? I suppose as your uh, for your vision as he always was. Well, yes, he loves vision, all right. And I keep every time I see him, I says, "Have you written that duet yet?" And then he tells <laughs> me to f off and good leave him alone. But you know, you you never know a song like he might come up with something, and we we talk about different things about Eurovision, and and he would be wonderful if he did come back with another song. But it's actually getting him to sit down. And write something specifically for the contest and not just for himself. Because you see, like, he's always brought up, and even yourself, you're always brought up in montages and stuff. So you mm. are, both of you are seen as, you know, like, um, valued members of the Eurovision family across mm. Europe. And I suppose that's yeah. just the fact that, yes, you're very successful, but also I know that you're you're both out grafting out there. If he was to come back with a duet, would you do it? With him, yeah. Yeah, because it would it would be a brilliant. It would be incredible. It would be a brilliant duet if you if he wrote it. Of course, it would. Yes. Well, I'm telling you now, Linda. I'm going to be vouching for it on the ground here now. I'm going to do my very <laughs> best to get you back. I think you'd be perfect. You'd be perfect. Okay. Okay. Um, my other question was: aside from Eurovision, right? Yeah. You have had some iconic moments. Really. <laughs> you, of course, you have. Um. I don't know if you see the significance of this. Casting your mind back to the time you were doing Pop Stars. Yeah. And you had to go into a room with Nadine Coyle oh, and tell her yeah, that she had yeah, to be taken yeah, out yeah, of the band. Yeah. I don't know if you know how significant that moment is in Irish culture now. Like, it's always quoted. It's always brought up. Uh, no, I know. I know. Did you know at the time what you were doing was going to was gonna literally shock no. the country? No, I didn't. And to be quite honest with you, I've been quite, uh, I've been very open about this. Um. I she was such a marvelous singer and such a good looking girl that I wouldn't have cared if she'd been 90. I'd have still put her through with saying nothing. And I had to go back to Louis Walsh, who was selecting the, the singers and everything. And I told Louis, and, and he was sort of of the same opinion, you know, because we all tell white lies. Like, let's be honest, Parig, we all do the different things to get by. And it was it was just a white lie, for God's sake. But anyway, the producer of the show, unfortunately, didn't see things that way. But when you think about it, she went on to be part of Girls Aloud. Look at the success totally. they've had. So in, for her, from her point of view, embarrassing at the time, yes. But look at how profitable it was for her. And I think that's why it's why it's such such like a, a talking point for people still to yeah. this day, because, you know, she she'd gotten that setback. But then obviously she went on to you to start him afterwards. But I just think it was it was just one of those it, it was one of those things that that whole program really had Ireland by the neck. And I think, oh, you know, yes. to see something like that actually happen was mad. And then to have you involved was just crazy. It was the first of that type of program. Don't forget, that's why. Now you can, there's programs around every day of the week. There's some sort of competition, you know, but that was the first. Did you and Nadine ever have an opportunity to chat about that afterwards? 
Oh yeah, I've seen her many, many times since then. I'm sure she probably thanks you for all for all the help you gave her back then. Well, I well no, but I hope I hope she thinks I was helping her anyway. But totally. but uh, I, yes, I have seen her. And yes, she's gorgeous, really lovely. You mentioned Louis Walsh there. Yeah, he recently helped you open a dog sanctuary. Yes, he did. He did. When when I came to Dublin in the seventies, Louis managed me for years and years and years. And then he went off and did Boys Own and Westlife and all of that sort of thing. And I went on somebody else. But we, we've we remained the best of friends, like really, really close friends. Love it. So whenever I was whenever I was involved with the project with the dog shelter and I knew that we were going to open on a day, which just sheer quirk, Ian McKellen was in Dublin. John Bishop was in Dublin. There were a lot of celebrities in Dublin that week. And I approached them and Ian McKellen said, yes. He says, I'm not working on that Friday. Now I knew that. But um, he says, I'll come out and open it. John Bishop's wife has a sanctuary of her own in England. And she, and he said, well, can I come too? So it was <laughs> Louis, Ian McKellen, John Bishop, Brendan Courtney and Doyle. Um, we had uh, uh, the very Reverend uh, Damien O'Reilly in his full robes during the St. Francis of Assisi blessing with Irish dancers, with all the tea and the sandwiches and everything else. And it turned out the most wonderful day, a little bit bizarre, all right. All the press turned up. There was press there falling out of the heavens. Good for you, though. Just It just worked. Is the sanctuary fully open now? No, it's not. It, it, it's, it's built. Not yet. It's ready to go. But I'm up to my tonsils with Eurovision work at the moment. So it's going to be middle May before I can do anything else. Fair play. That's actually, you know, that's so brilliant. I think that's a, a really lovely, lovely idea. And I know that you're a huge animal lover and I'm very excited to see how that goes for you. Um, Like you said there, jam-packed, your vision season's coming up. It must be a really time, busy time of year for you, is it? It's always. For Eurovision people, it's always busy. Absolutely. Of course it is. So are you heading, you'll be heading over to Liverpool? I will be. I'm working in London first on Friday the 5th of may um i'm going to then i'm going i'm going to i'm going to see abba you know the the voyage i'm going to see the, that on the sunday night linda have you seen it yet have you seen it yet no it's incredible it's like so, nothing i've ever seen before you're gonna love it so i believe and then monday monday the 8th we're traveling to liverpool and i'll be there for the week i'm so excited because i've never been i don't have a ticket for the actual thing but i don't mind because i'm going to be in the euro village and yes, it's great crack it's brilliant. Really brilliant, yeah. Would yourself and Louis do another show for us? Would you not bring back, do some, something like Pop Stars for us again here? Well, well, listen, somebody would need to propose that to RTE, you know, but... This is what I'm trying to gain a bit of traction for you. I just think, you know, bring you back <laughs> onto the television and, and all would be restored you again. You see, every, everybody wants Louis to hear them. Or see them. Yeah. They all want to meet him because he has the magic touch. But you see, you are his right-hand woman. So you'd be able to get around and not a bother. <laughs> it would be great if we came back, yeah. I, I think we'd all love to see yourself, first of all, but also Louis, because you're both really lovable characters and you've got great on-screen chemistry. I think he'd be fabulous. Another thing I have a request, and I'm going to try to get to this door to you, I think the lyrics board needs to come back as well. I loved that role. <laughs> That was great. There's lyrics board all over the world. Do you know that? 
Totally. And it's a game yes. that I that we would play. We'd have a few drinks in my house and it's a game that you would play. And then you'd remember that actually that was something that was on te- primetime television with Linda yeah. Martin years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go to Vietnam now and there's a Vietnam lyrics board. I mean, <laughs> it's exactly totally bizarre, the whole thing, but it's true. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, Linda, could you give me one line of Get Lucky? Oh, God. Um, well, she, he's up. He's up all night to get lucky. Uh, oh God, I have to think. We're about up all night against against some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the what's the first line of that song? Um, for the something of the phoenix, isn't that it? It's something something phoenix. Even just one verse for me. No, I'm not singing it for you. You must be mad. I know. So <laughs> no, because funny enough, I've I've had requests, but you know something? I met Nile Nile um, Rogers. Yeah, from Sheik, who wrote the song, or yeah, no, yeah. he didn't write it; he produced it or something. But anyway, and he he was in Dublin, and he was lecturing in Trinity, and it was just after we did that get lucky on the Late Late Show, and some smart arse in the, in the audience said, "Are you offended because Linda Martin sang your song?" Right, and he said, "Absolutely not. No For me, it's a compliment, no matter." Who sings? And he put your man into his place, right? He says, no way. He says, anybody. He says, I'm very, very grateful if anybody performs by song. I don't blame him. And you know what, Linda? We wouldn't be talking about that song in the morning that you sang it. I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Maybe not not one of not one of my finer moments. <laughs> uh, don't be silly with all of those moments. I love, but this is why you're an icon. And the fact that you can laugh it off and the rest of the country laugh with you. Yeah, I hope, I hope. Linda, I've got one last question. Go on. Right, and I don't know if you're going to like this question, right? But I have to ask, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about, with with a guest about infamous feuds. I know what you're going to say. But I just want to know that had to be buried. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I never want anything to do with that person ever again. And Linda, that's all you have to say. Because look, it's like this. I'm sitting here talking to you. We all know what team I am on. Yeah. <laughs> here, listen, are we having a drink together in Liverpool? Are we? I would love, would we? Could we? I'd see you in the Euro. No, I'd see you in the Euro Club. I would love to. The outdoor orchestral evening i think it's happening around about six o'clock in the evening whatever it's a thursday night i'm not quite sure but um uh who's who else is on it with me there's three i think there's three singers and that is going to be brilliant so if you get up to the front of the stage wave at me because i'd say that is going to be incredible listen linda thank you so much for speaking to me this afternoon i'm absolutely weak i can't believe i got to speak to the queen of irish eurovision (laughs) It was lovely talking to you. And you're so nice. Oh, thanks, Linda. And so handsome. Oh, my God. Th- Linda, don't know why you start blushing. Ah, you, well, you are, actually. I can see the colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mortified. I'm actually mortified. I'll see you in Liverpool somewhere, OK? I hope to God I get to see you in Liverpool. Thanks so much, Linda. Yeah, please, God. Please, God. Take care of yourself, Corey. Bye. Bye-bye.
pinch me please because someone's going to have to tell me that Linda Martin did not just ask me to go for a drink with her in Liverpool. I don't know how I'm going to get over there on the Thursday because my flight's booked for the Friday after work but I'm going to have to pull a stunt because you best believe that I'm going to be inside the cavern drinking a martini with Linda Martin on Thursday night. This my friends, in the wise words of Lizzie McGuire, is what dreams are made of and I've never been so excited in all my live long days. Back to business. We don't know where we've come yet. It doesn't all kick off until next week. As I said in the interview with Linda, we can't fault the talent of Wild Youth. I just don't believe that their song is strong enough to stand on the stage. For anyone who doesn't understand Eurovision, some of the experts might disagree with me, but in terms of music, I think that this is a really strong year. We've got the UK coming back with May Miller after coming second last year, so they've got a fire in their stomach. And while people were disappointed with their song, I'm telling you now, it's a bop, and it's going to be played all over the radio. So I think that they're not going to do as bad as people are making out to be. Of course, of course, from one queen to the next, we have the return of Lorene, who won with Euphoria in 2012. Her song, Tattoo, is an absolute masterpiece. I feared that it peaked a little bit too soon because we've known the song since March and Sweden don't tend to change their staging that much between the national final, which is when their song was decided, and the actual Eurovision. So what we expect to see from Loreen is pretty much what you will find on YouTube. Now, there was a little bit of controversy because she has this screen that comes down and apparently it weighs some mental weight, like a couple of tons, like 14 tons or something. This massive LED screen that comes down so that it looks like she's like in this little box almost. And she's sandwiched between the LED stage and this LED ceiling. Um, the fear was that it was going to be far too heavy for the stage in Liverpool. But we don't know for certain what's going to happen, whether they made a lighter version of it. But as far as I can tell... That's going to Liverpool too. So what you'll see on YouTube is very much what you'll see of Lorene in the Eurovision. And it's not going to disappoint. There's a couple of other ones that I want to mention. Finland. I think that Finland could be the one to beat. I'm going to call it out there. It's going to be between Finland and Lorene for the, for the top two spaces. Let me just tell you, it's a lot of chaos. It's a man who's wearing leather pants and green sleeves and nothing else. He's rocking around the stage and singing cha-cha-cha. And look, if that doesn't scream Eurovision, I don't know what does. Austria have a brilliant song. It's called Who the Hell is Edgar? Who is Edgar? I don't know. But all I know is there's a beat and a bop and there's a rap in this song. Never would have expected from Austria. I think that song's going to do well. And also, France have a gay bop this year. A lot of people putting their money on Spain. I don't see the appeal but then again, I'm not always right, girls. I don't always get it right, and I'm not going to pretend to either. And finally, a lot of hype about Israel. They've got a performance from Noah Carell, um, and it's a song about unicorns. Some people disappointed by the song, but I actually think it's a bop, and I think it's going to do really well. So, if I was to give my top three, I'm going to say Sweden, Finland, and I'm going to pull one out there and say France. But if it was my favourites, I would say Sweden, Finland... Austria, France and Israel. Those are my top five and I just made them up at the top of my head because I didn't know what I was going to say up until now but there you go. If you're going to put your money on, if you want to save Becco with Sweden but if you're willing to give a, bit of, a little bit of a gamble but not too much like me, a safe bet, Finland. I can't believe that I'm making content out of this. <laughs> if you're still here, why? <laughs>
Anyway, I still don't have a look sorted, so I'm off to find a crop top and something gay. I suspect the aftermath from this weekend will be quite something. I don't know when you're going to hear from me next. No, rest assured, I'll be back incredibly soon with episode 12. Get out and watch the Eurovision this year. Enjoy it, embrace it as a gay celebration that everyone can get involved in. We need to make it mainstream. And we need to do something about winning. Linda Martin, she's on the case. Don't forget my Instagram, TikTok and Twitter are podrick underscore WMC. I'm going to get loose in Liverpool. So make sure you go over and get in on the crack. It's been a pleasure. And it's been so easy to talk a load of shit about something that I'm obsessed with. And I can't thank you enough for allowing me to do so. And also for listening. Thanks as ever for listening to the voice notes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.